0: in because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And today we are talking Big 12 football all around. And because of that, I got to come with my Big 12 expert that is Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy?
1: Honored to be here, Albie. Once again, honored to be here in football season. Uh, excited to talk about Big 12 football. It's an exciting year ahead, especially with the future departures and speculative uh, arrivals of new conference foes. Uh, this year means a lot for a lot of reasons. So excited to see how it plays out.
0: A lot of reasons. I mean, and you kind of alluded to it. We It was announced that Big 12 should be uh, presenting offers to BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. Now, Houston kind of had a nice little audition Saturday against the Texas Tech Red Raiders, and they took that L, 38-21. We already had the, pre, the the recap pod earlier this week talking about that in more depth. Uh, but uh, if this was the audition to the Big 12, thank God this report came out before Saturday because it wasn't a great audition for the Houston Cougars.
1: <laughs> Amen. Uh, but, hey, basketball season, so...
0: That's true. That's true. That's true. With the additions, this becomes one of the best, if not the best basketball conference in the country. Um, But you just got to wait till November, December to get to that as opposed to August. Right, 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 right. Um, So one basketball school that is trying to turn the tide are the Kansas Jayhawks. And Friday night, we got a taste of the Lance Leopold era as Kansas got a victory beating South Dakota 17 to 14 everybody flooded the flooded the streets of Lawrence they flo- they stormed the field it was a grand showing in Lawrence even though the game was pretty bad
1: <laughs> pretty bad is the understatement of the year I think <laughs> Uh, you got South Dakota, you got Kansas, two two schools that probably shouldn't be playing football to begin with, but here we are, and we all got to watch that. It's kind of like the entryway, like this is the first Big 12 football game we get to watch, and you know what? I watched every minute of it, and it was horrible uh, for so many reasons. It didn't really get good till the end, but at the end, people like Jason Bean for Kansas really started to shine uh, for if, if, as like the average for Kansas, you know, like for Kansas quarterbacks, Jason Bean, he's trying to make himself known.
0: Yeah, Bean, Bean wasn't too terrible. I mean, his stats don't look good, but hell, throwing for 163 yards, I feel like it's like throwing for 300 yards anywhere else. So, um, <laughs> so good, good on Bean. <laughs> Uh, we just take the
1: we just take the last couple of drives there yeah, that made exactly. the game really exciting when South Dakota thought they got the dub over the FBS school, but then Jason Bean and company go down and get that sweet uh, get that sweet touchdown to make Kansas fans go absolutely nuts and uh, Stormerfield for a not at all in the one hundred and thirty ranked. Uh, opponents, yeah, I mean they're yeah. an FCS
0: team, right? They're an yeah. FCS yeah. team, <laughs> um, but they, a Dub's a Dub, and I'm just hey, glad that we no longer dub. have to hear the last team Kansas beat was Texas Tech in 2019. So that's that alone is why I was rooting for Kansas in this game. um And there is something to be said for the fact that they persevered through a game that looked like they were going to lose. I ain't gonna lie, oh, fourth quarter, 100%. I thought they were going to take that L, and they persevered. There's something to be said for that.
1: Absolutely, you go, I'm, Lance Leopold.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're, not, they're highly unlikely to win any other game this year, um, but,
1: you know. But they started they, strong. They powered
0: through. They, they powered through. All right. So what I'm going to do for all the Saturday games, I'm going to basically go from most boring game to most exciting. And the most boring game that happened Saturday, for a good reason, was TCU beating Duquesne 45-3. to That TCU defense was just as stout as always. Um, really was really close to a shutout. Duquesne couldn't do anything that entire game. And TCU showed how you're supposed to treat an FCS team.
1: Absolutely. This is a game that TCU should have beaten 45 to 0. Duquesne just got away with that field goal in the third. Um, what can you say? Patterson showing a lot of people the ball throughout the throughout the game. Great defense. I mean, I don't know. We were talking about the totals uh, yesterday, but keeping it to like, I think it's 140 total yards, was it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, or 137 total yards.
1: Oh, 137. <laughs> yeah, it was
0: it, it's Doesn't matter who you're playing. Only three passes completed the entire game. One of the shortest box scores for a team you could possibly see. <laughs> that uh, it was tough. It was tough for the
1: Dukes. <laughs> tough for the Dukes, uh, and tough for the Big Twelve if you're considering scouting performances because TCU really tossed the ball around to a lot of people. Like I was saying, I don't think they really showed us a lot of their cards, and I think that's kind of the way the Patterson wanted it to be. And truly, any good coach would want it to be against a, an FCS team.
0: Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's for I've been saying all along that I think TCU is the third best team of the Big Twelve. And they might have had the, one of the more impressive showings for any Big 12 team. They beat down a team, an FCS team, like they were supposed to. And it was it was pretty impressive.
1: Well, I'll ask you this, uh, Albie, because you were talking about Max Duggan in the offseason. Were yep. you impressed by his abilities or I his was. Uh, showing?
0: I was. I mean, he did throw a pick in the game, right? But I I, I think Duggan was very accurate throughout the game. And he uh, basically every he averaged 11 yards per pass, right? And that's... That's a good statistic that you want to see going forward. He threw the ball downfield, which early in his career, he was not able. He simply wasn't able to do. So um, I think Duggan proved just how good he is. And we didn't see a lot of running Duggan, right? And so the fact that he was able to do this as a strictly pocket passer, is pretty impressive. But I do think whenever he plays better teams, uh, we're going to see both the arm and the legs. And we're going to see his mobility going forward. But um, yeah, I mean, Duggan looked good in this game. Yeah. Um, So I said that TC was one of the more impressive teams for the Big 12. Now, let me give you my Albie Big 12 team of the week. That is the Kansas State Wildcats. I think they were the most impressive beating the Stanford Cardinal 24 to 7. What did you think about K-State's work in this game?
1: I mean, this was an excellent game against uh, like we have been having this narrative build up behind the scenes with Texas and OU going to the SEC. Uh, the Pac 12 deciding we're not going to expand, we're going to create the Super Alliance because we don't need anybody else. We've got what we need. Big 12 fans, or the irate eight at this point, saying, you know, how could you not? You guys think you're too good for us, blah, 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 blah. Well, Big 12 ends up going mostly perfect um, in the first week of football. Pac 12, ah, uh! Had a little bit of a harder time. And this is one of the games that showed that uh, Big 12 is better in that way. Kansas State came and they showed up, man. I mean, this is a game that you have people like, uh, I mean, how many people do they have return to their team? I should have looked at that. Um yeah a lot and this is a Kansas we were talking about earlier this Kansas State team that's like had a really good year had a really bad year and now it's like what where what kind of identity are they trying to prove like well, who are they trying to who are they trying to prove to us that they are and they came out strong against Stanford a team that uh you know is kind of middle of the pack right now in the pac 12 considerably uh but not a team to, not a team to shrug at like this is a team that can come out and, and come out and beat you and Kansas State kept them to seven points
0: yeah, I mean, I think I think in this game, there's a really good point as far as Stanford being a middle of the road Pac-12 team because K-State's a middle of the road Big-12 team, and K-State beat them like they stole something, right? Like I, I I talked to already. I think Pac-12 not expanding was a really big mistake for them. But I mean, no matter even the Big-12, even if you think the Big-12 losing Texas and Oklahoma and just grabbing on the Ford that we did that Big-12 did is them taking a step back. I, this is a good example of they're still. Not the worst P5. They still shouldn't lose autonomy status when you have the Pac-12 right there. We have the ACC right there. ACC didn't look good either, right? And so I definitely think K-State definitely went out there, showed what they can do, showed how good they were. Skyler Thompson played well as well. Um, and, t- and He's another guy that we're t- uh, talking about uh, guys that I think are going to have decent years. Though, again, similar to Duggan, he threw a pick. But the difference between Duggan and Thompson is Thompson actually used his legs. A couple good, yeah. nice, strong runs in this game against Stanford, um, so it's it's we're gonna really see Scholar Thompson going forward. De- my boy Deuce Vaughn was all over the place. Anytime he touched the ball, he broke it. Uh, absolutely explosive run, fifty nine yards to the house against Stanford. But I think the biggest thing when it comes to K State is you question. And though we we both feel that Stanford's a middle of the road team, when it comes to K State in the in the future in the Big Twelve this year, just how good is Stanford? Right, like beating them twenty four to seven is impressive. If Stanford's actually good, if Stanford sucks, well, then it's, you know, you're supposed to do that. So uh, similar to what we said about Tech and Houston and how I feel like with Texas Tech beating Houston, yeah, it's great, but Houston's not that good. I kind of feel the same way about Kansas State, but that doesn't take away from their impressive win.
1: Right. a win, A week one win is a win, but that thing will average out as we get further down the season, which can be said about a lot more teams we're going to talk about today.
0: Definitely, definitely. So one game that I didn't want to be a blowout, I didn't want to sit here and talk about how good they played, Uh, I wanted the upset. And I think every non-Longhorn fan in the state also wanted the upset. But it didn't happen. Texas Longhorns beat Louisiana 38-18. And, I mean, Louisiana to me was the best opponent, Big 12 opponent this week. And Texas beat them like they were still little old Louisiana Lafayette. What did you think of this game?
1: Yeah, Texas didn't give us really any reason to doubt. They dominated every quarter this whole this whole game, um, from start to finish. They looked good. They looked strong. Had a really good, had a really strong offensive line. Um, gave Ethan Card there a lot of opportunities in the back to um, or Hudson Card, Ethan Card. That's our that's our team. That's our guy. Ethan Card's our about? guy. Yeah, come on. What up. am I talking about? <laughs> Hudson Card gave Hudson Card a lot of time back there, uh, which led to a lot of productivity on his end. That I will say to 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 this point. I'm not sold on Hudson Carr just yet. This is going to be one of those things like, okay, how good were the Raging Cajuns? Um, how good is Texas' O-line? Uh, did they have really a good uh, – was there a good pass rush at all? Um, so that's something that we'll see develop as this year goes on. But they came out, and they came out strong. They didn't look weak for one second. They might have looked like the strongest Big 12 team this week, and that sucks to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. Oh, is that the Jeremy team of the week? Is thats is that, <laughs> that where you're going? Taking no my,
1: my no let's <laughs> <my. laughs> not make like that a thing.
0: I'll say this: Texas looked like the bigger, faster, stronger team all throughout the game. Uh-huh. It wasn't a time uh-huh. where it looked like the North Texas and Louisiana have played each other quite a few times, and it looked like a normal Texas-Louisiana game where Texas is just Texas and Louisiana is just Louisiana, and you're not—they're not, not supposed to be a close game like we thought it might be, um, and that's pretty disappointing. But John Robinson was absolutely fantastic; uh, he looked every bit of the hype that he was given. He looked like the guy that could be in the Heisman talks later on. Uh, you said you weren't impressed by Hudson Card. I had very low expectations for Hudson Card. I didn't think anything of him. He played better than I expected him to. And so that's in, in itself good. Casey Thompson came at the end. They're blowing ULL out, out so much that Casey Thompson was able to get in the game and also threw a touchdown pass. So, uh, yeah, I mean, top to bottom. Texas looked good. Sark's first game out. He looked like he knew what he was doing. And they didn't play down to competition. That was a big problem that they had during Tom Herman's reign. Doesn't look like that's gonna. Be, so get one game in. Doesn't look like that's gonna be the case for uh, Sark.
1: Right, a lot of focus really made because uh, they're rank, they were ranked twenty uh, first, Louisiana twenty third. I mean, they made that they made that twenty second place look real big,
0: look yeah. real big, yeah, oh <laughs> uh, for sure. And that's that sucks to say, right? Um, we already talked about Tech versus Houston, and those are really the the, the four blowouts of the week. Every other game on Saturday was a close one, and we didn't expect to see that. I mean, really, most of the games we expected to be blowouts, so it's kind of surprising. So let's take it from um, least worrisome to most worrisome. So Oklahoma State beat Missouri State 23-16, and though it was close, and though you don't expect that against an FCS team, Oklahoma State expected more. Fun fact, Spencer Sanders did not play in this game. He was out for COVID. Shane Ellingworth came in. Shane Engleworth struggled in the game. Uh, but Oklahoma State pulled, still pulled it out.
1: Yeah, and pulled it out being the operative phrase here because this was a game that I, for the whole game I felt like outside of that second quarter we kind of saw Oklahoma State pulling away with two touchdowns. And like, okay, they're going to do it. Well, then all of a sudden in the third quarter they disappear, and in the fourth quarter they, they, all they get is a field goal. Meanwhile, Missouri State is gaining momentum and like staying consistent. And I, I felt this was I felt this was a game that Missouri State could have gotten away with could Have stole from Oklahoma State, and I don't know how much we want to put on that for, for Spencer Sanders, or if that's something a little more problematic deeper down the depth chart.
0: Yeah, and I don't, and I don't think we'll know that till later. I but talk about a till of two halves, right? Oklahoma State up 20 to 3, everything's grooving. Actually, they were up 20 nothing, right? The start, uh, 12 or was it 20 minutes into the game? You're up 20 nothing. This is the blood, it's supposed to be everybody. The paddles are paddling, right? Yeah, everybody's we're paddling, hype. We're paddling right? Everybody's <laughs> hype in Pickens Stadium. Uh, And then what ends up happening is Missouri state rattles off a 16 to three run. The problem is, is that they just took too long to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It took an entire uh, (laughs) half and two minutes to do it. Uh, But it's a little problematic. I think uh, that Oklahoma state kind of lulled into that false sense of security and didn't give Ellingworth more, more opportunities to, to be successful. He, he, he struggled in this game, especially in the second half. There's really no doubt about it. And I, But I don't think his teammates really helped him out. I think the O-line was a big problem in this game. Uh, the fact that – LD, how does L.D. Brown get 30 yards on 15 carries? That is ridiculous. Right. And yeah, actually, I say 30 yards on 15 carries. Take away the 11-yard the, the run? That is – take away the 11-yard run. That is 14 carries equaling 19 yards. That is terrible. So I just, the O-line's got to come with it. They've got to be better. If not, this is going to be a long season for Cowboy fans.
1: Oh, yeah. And we'll see that, like we've, I mean, we're going to say it again and again, but like, we'll see how good Missouri State was, how bad Oklahoma State was, as the year goes on, right? And I think the one thing that we really want to pay attention to outside of the the offensive line is this uh, very Texas A&M we play in the first half we kind of disappear in the second half. You know, how many points have we gathered in order to stay ahead uh, and just kind of see how Oklahoma State addresses this with the games that they have coming up on the slate?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, next up, as far as worrisome, and Baylor fans don't really feel, feel like this is too worrisome, but they did just beat Texas State 29-20. to And uh, sure, it's on the road. but And sure, this is Gary Bohannon's first game, but I definitely expected more from the Baylor Bears here. Defense played well. Uh, Gary Bohannon still has work to do as a starting quarterback, especially considering the O-line was absolutely fantastic, right? So if you have a situation where your offensive line plays a hell of a game, you barely even get touched, and you can still only throw 15 passes for 148 yards, yikes.
1: Yeah, Tristan Ebner put the team on his back with this one. Over 100 yards on 20 carries. Um, like you said, for me, this is really disappointing for Dave Aranda. Uh, and for, I mean, again, for Baylor fans after last year, this is a great step forward. You're coming out with a win strong. Uh, you, you survived the game, came out with a win out of the gate. Um, but for me, I'm looking at the offseason and thinking, okay, you've got your guys set up. You have a whole offseason where COVID is kind of an issue, but at this point, it's not as traumatic as it was last year. You're not like having people come in and out. Games aren't being canceled. Like, you're Strong, you're ready to go. Game one, Texas State, as close to an FCS opponent as you can get in this league, um and you only come out with the 29-20 win. Now it's a win nonetheless, and sometimes a win is all you need, right? At the end of the day, the W is the W. But uh like you said, Bohannon, like if 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 it's gonna be a <laughs> this is gonna be a Baylor team without a quarterback that's gonna rely on a lot of running, I think that's gonna be really problematic when you face better teams than Texas State, which is most of them.
0: Yeah. I, I will say, I do give Baylor this credit. The game was really never in question once the second half once the second half started, right? The game wasn't really in question. Really halfway through the third quarter, you said, okay, Baylor's gonna win this game. Um, but it's just more so that the defense played well, the O-line was fantastic, the running game was great, and you still struggled with a team, like you said, is as close to an FCS team as you can get. So it's it's I think that is where it's problematic is when everything goes right and you're still in a dogfight, it's not, it's not great. Right, especially when we consider comparing it to like Texas Tech, who was spotted their opposing team fourteen points, was down two touchdowns at halftime, and had to come back. Right, compared to that, go to Baylor, where everything went right, and you still barely beat this team by by nine. Uh, it's it's two completely different uh, different thought processes there. But Gary Bohannon, being who he is, is the main reason I have Baylor so low. Outside of the quarterback spot, the team is decent, but. I just I think Gary Bohannon might be the worst quarterback in the Big Twelve. Yes, I think even possibly worse than Jason Bean, and that's an issue for Baylor.
1: It is, but hey, they didn't leave any zeros up there. They got they got points every quarter. Yeah. They did what they had to do.
0: They did what they had to do. So we just got to see what's going to happen when it's not as easy, right? When they're not playing a team as like Texas State. So. um so we go from Baylor playing their inst- an in-state lower conference team to a team that just can't get right early in the season <laughs> against in-conference foes. That's Iowa State, a top-10 team, seventh-ranked team in the country, playing Northern Iowa. And Northern Iowa gave them a hell of a game. Iowa State barely wins 16-10, to 10, um, if not for their field goal kicker, Connor Assley, but spelled like Ass Alley.
1: <laughs> hey albie uh northern iowa sounds kind of familiar why does that sound so familiar it might iowa iowa sound
0: familiar <laughs> because they beat matt campbell in his first ever game um they've been giving iowa state fits for years iowa state fans hate playing northern iowa they thought this was the year it'd be different They're like oh we this are this is the top 10 team this is the first ever win for iowa state as a top 10 team yes it's 16, 10 <laughs> against, or Northern
1: iowa. it was close this is a very really packed this is a really uh this is really packed ten. this is really a big 10 game uh for two teams that are not in the big 10 at all um but a team that is in the big 10 is iowa and that's who iowa state has necked up next up on the schedule i mean we're five days away from their biggest in-state rivalry uh and it, this is like half of me is like okay not concerning at all because what does iowa state do it likes to come out fumble around a bit in the first game and then just absolutely uh beat the brakes off of people throughout the rest of the year and just play really well just get better in every facet of the game but at the same time you know how telling is it it's just like okay is this is it going to happen again this year where they uh, barely survive that first game and then play really well in the future or is there something kind of more deep that's under the surface and History would tell us that they're going to be fine. Uh, but this Iowa game that's coming up in five days or at this point, uh, I don't know when we're recording, um, when we publish this, a couple games, like is this weekend, like that's going to make all the difference for how Iowa looks going forward in the Big 12 and certainly in any kind of college football playoff discussion.
0: Brees Hall, who I thought was the best court running back in the Big 12, struggled in this game. O-line struggled in this game. Brock Purdy was able to get passes off, with the were d- dinks and, d- and, and dumps. Uh, he wasn't, you know, a, a game changer at all. Um, and it's, it's it's a big problem for Iowa State in this game. Northern Iowa gave them everything they can handle. Is Iowa State going to be okay? Yes, they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa State will be fine. It's it's that weird thing. They just struggle in the first game. They got to wake up a little bit. Um, and even, if, but I will say all that being said, they could easily lose next week to Iowa and they'd still be fine. I, I don't know what it is with Iowa State in early season games. It just it is what it is. I think next week, really, what it is, they need to play Iowa to really wake them up for the season, and that put that's that's like their cold ice bath in the morning. It's like <laughs> all right, let's get let's get Big Twelve underway. We're up. We're and ready. They'll be, they'll be okay. But um, and let me let me don't get me wrong. Northern Iowa doesn't scoff at. They're going to be one of the the FCS contenders, uh, potential national title you know hopes for the Nor- for Northern Iowa Panthers. Excuse me. So they're not trash. It's just. You would expect the seventh-ranked team in the country to come with it a little harder. And uh, they did not. They did they not They did at all.
1: not. 16 points.
0: So uh, speaking of a team that you expected to come with a little harder, I raised, I raised take your number seven team in the nation and raise you up <laughs> to the number two team in the nation, the Oklahoma Sooners, <laughs> which was supposed to play a, a road game in New Orleans against Tulane, but instead had to come back to Norman because of Hurricane Ida. Uh, they did a fantastic job thing. They, they put the Tulane logo on the field, which was awesome. Uh, But I guess being the great stewards they were, they also decided to give Tulane a game and make it close and to where Tulane was one yard short from potentially winning the game. Uh, What about Oklahoma barely beating Tulane 40 to 35? (laughs)
1: Let's talk about coach Willie Fritz. This is Willie Fritz football. <laughs> uh, head coach of Tulane uh, did their homework. I mean, you got the whole offseason fair you got Oklahoma first up on the schedule at home or at home away. You know, I think they were locked in from the get-go. They came out strong. They were doing punch for punch, uh, two touchdowns in the first quarter against Oklahoma. And then we see Oklahoma really start to pull away in the second. And for, for, for all the fans, for everybody out there, it's like, all right, well, Tulane, you had your moment it was fun oklahoma spencer radler i'll wake up you know you got lincoln riley it's this is the college football uh this is this is the cinderella team they're gonna do it again uh but not so fast to lane comes out of the half keeps oklahoma yeah oklahoma to three points in the second half meanwhile they're racking up uh 21 points and they get it like you said they were right there in the end man i i this is one of the most this was outside of the tech game i was most invested in this game i was sitting there i was like dude Lane's going to freaking pull it off. Oklahoma's going to have the upset of the year because that seems to be a trend this season. Um, but no, it just does not go their way. But this reveals a lot of things about Oklahoma, truly, uh, I think that coaches need to hone in on.
0: On 4th and 13th, Fourth down and 13 yards to go. Michael Pratt, the quarterback for Tulane, ran for 12 yards. We're just a uh. yard short in Oklahoma territory uh, with less than two minutes to go. He he if he would let me tell you something. I think if he gets that first down, Tulane's going to win the game. I I truly believe that. That's how good Tulane played. I mean, consider, like you're right. Oklahoma only scored three points that second half. That it's absolutely embarrassing when you have the Heisman Trophy favorite at this point, Spencer Rattler, coming into the year as the favorite to win the Heisman. This is the Oklahoma team is supposed to be the best we've seen probably since the last time they won a national championship. And I'm not just saying what national media guys are saying. I'm saying what I've been saying. I've been up on the Oklahoma train all offseason. That's how good they are. Uh, maybe the, the the one of the first undefeated teams in, in the Big 12 with our one th- true champion. the it's, This Oklahoma team is that much better than everybody else. I thought until they played against the mighty Tulane Green Wave. Uh, it's it's that second half was uh, pretty tough to watch if you're an Oklahoma Sooner fan. And it's one of those things where you're just happy. Happy you got away with it. Just forget, burn the tape, forget everything we knew about this first game, and let's redirect it and be happy we came out a win and get ready for Western Carolina.
1: Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna just toot on the two-lane horn a little bit more. We were upset that Holgo kept going for fourth downs. Two-lane converted f- uh four. Six four or four of six other fourth down plays. I mean, they were passing all over, uh, sooner as they were going for two point conversions. Uh, they kept Oklahoma to three of 12 third down conversions. And if you want to be a team that wins the conference, if you want to be a team that goes and represents your conference in the conference football or the, the college football playoff that third down conversion percentage has got to increase mightily. So we're going to see as this season goes on, is Tulane a defensive force to be reckoned with, or has Oklahoma got some serious issues that they need to address? So it's exciting. It's exciting football ahead.
0: I'll just put this out there. When it 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 comes to AAC power rankings, preseason power rankings, uh, most of the AAC journalists had Tulane and Houston roughly at about the same spot, three, third, fourth in the conference. Texas Tech, Beat Houston by 17. Oklahoma truly struggled with Tulane and only beat him by five. So, just, you know, just saying. Just saying. Just We're just putting there.
1: that out there in the universe. Just it out
0: there. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, with all the scares, with all the frights that happened over the weekend, out of the 10 teams that played, only one came away with an L. Uh, and that is the West Virginia Mountaineers losing to Maryland 30 to 24. Jer- Jeremy wasn't. <laughs> I am pretty sure. Alright, I'll be on off the doing. pod.
1: I'll see you later. We'll just what, publish this
0: here. I, was it you that predicted eleven wins for the Western Virginia <laughs> Mountaineers? Yes, I
1: did. I did. I was all on the mountaineer. We had oh, we had the pod with the Raspberry Voice kids and uh the Raspberry Voice podcast and um got me hyped up. Got me excited for the West Virginia Mountaineers. This is a team to be reckoned with. This is a team that's got some of the best pass defense in the nation. This is a team with Jared Dagie This is a team that is ready to come out and take the Big 12. And I was like, damn, I am drinking this Kool-Aid. I love you, dude. Like, I'm excited. And I made the mistake. <laughs> I made the mistake of predicting them to win a game at all. Because so far, West Virginia is 0-1, and folks, against the Maryland Terrapins.
0: <laughs> the the Dang, number the one pass defense um, in the conference last year gave up 255 yards to two receivers, gave up 330 yards to Tua's younger brother. That's nothing like Tua, mind you. Not that Talia Tago is bad. He just ain't Tua. All right. He transferred, had to transfer from Alabama to Maryland for a reason. Um, it was, I will say though, this was a fun game, extremely fun game. If you're not a West Virginia fan, it was an amazing game, uh, but uh, amazing in both ways. Great plays, bad plays, all around. It was it was fun to watch, I um, mean, the ending was 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 great, right?
1: Because it really came down to the third quarter, didn't it? Because like they had, they were you know a lot of points at the beginning. The second started to slow down in the second. Then we go to the half, pretty near. And what happens? The third quarter, we have West Virginia, we have Maryland holding on as as strong as they can. Who's going to give? That fourth quarter was the time for West Virginia to come out and make a statement and have their offense rolling. But it was Maryland that came out instead and Maryland that finished the game strong. And that's why, I mean, it's a 30-24 loss for West Virginia. uh, But for me, it's not like that was a close loss. It's like West Virginia had a whole quarter to, to, to get it together. Uh, they were playing good defense, and, and just the offense did not click for the rest of the game after the half. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, Albie, about the halftime for Big 12 teams. Oh, no. I don't <laughs> you know, know. Something is in the water.
0: That first, that, first, that first quarter was exciting, wasn't it? Like, that first quarter, it was a blaze. I was like, this is going to be a hell of a game.
1: Oh, we were slinging. It,
0: yeah. So, But West Virginia, long road ahead. And actually, shout out to Rob, Rob Bro. He, his... um opinion is that West Virginia is not going to a bowl game. I saw that on overreaction overreaction, uh, Monday. And, uh, you know, they have Virginia Tech coming up. Virginia Tech looked really good in their first game. And if they start off the season one and two, Rob could be right. I'm not going to go that far because I do think West Virginia is a good team, but this first game wasn't great. Um, So who was your – give me your player of the week and your team of the week. Are we actually, you already gave me your team of the week in Texas. Well, Who's your player of the week?
1: <laughs> Dang it. It's so true, though. Uh, my my guest team of the week, of course, is Tulane. I think that was a win, but we can't do that. So Texas is, of course, my team of the week. Um, player of the week. Wow. Are we going to, for this, are we going to pick non-Texas Tech? I think we should.
0: I mean, it's up to A. Hey, if, if you feel like Tech is a player, a player from Tech is the player of the uh, week, go for it.
1: You know, I think... Uh, no, because we do that in the other pod. So I think I, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna at least keep it to another uh, uh, another player. Um, good grief, man! Is it fair? Is it fair to give it to Spencer Rattler? If
0: you want to, <laughs>
1: I don't, man. But this is like Spencer Rattler was doing terrible at the beginning, was rattled, but then locked it in at the end. Uh, not at the end, excuse me. Locked it in in the second and got them just enough points to survive Tulane. But I don't know because he fell off in this. Ah, he fell off the second half. This whole half. Wait. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't pick one. I, I'm just going to pick. You know what? I'm going to pick Eric Azucama because that was the most exciting person to watch in the, in the Big 12 this week.
0: Yeah, I mean... Dude, I, I think Azucama is the right answer. He was the best. Uh, Best player this week, <laughs> and honestly, the best defensive player here in the conference is probably Rico Jeffers. Right, you but know I'm, I'm actually going to say that the best the, the offensive player of the week was Bashan Robinson.
1: Okay, um, oh, really that's a really one.
0: Bashan Robinson played really well against Louisiana, um, and, he, and and the biggest reason why I'm not necessarily going to go for like Deuce Vaughn, who actually led. Actually, I take the back. Todd Brooks actually led all running backs in the Big 12 and rushing with Deuce Vaughn coming in second. But both of those guys also broke off big runs, and that's why they got their yardage. Bajon Robinson didn't really have big runs that he broke off. He just had steady uh, six-yard runs, uh, five-yard runs, six-yard runs, seven-yard runs, and just pounded it down uh, Louisiana Lafayette consistently. And so I got to give it to Bijan, um as far as the player of the week. My team of the week, I already said it. I'll be team of the week was Kansas State. I thought they played great. <laughs>
1: Nice. I think that I think that was a good category is consistency from Bajan Robinson. It doesn't have to be a lot of big plays, but the fact that he played consistently good and got, you know, got what he needed to when he needed to do it, that's a good player. That's a good player. That's that's what helped Texas continue drives and uh, ultimately end up with the victory that they had.
0: Definitely, definitely. So let's end this pod looking forward to the next week. Prediction time. Jeremy, are you ready?
1: I am ready, Albie.
0: We got another Friday night showcase because Kansas has realized that we don't watch them on Saturdays. So Kansas at 22nd ranked coastal Carolina, who you got?
1: I, I got coastal Carolina. I like Grayson McCall. Uh, they played a really good first game. So I think coastal is going to tear up Kansas's defense.
0: I I mean, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I think you'd be a fool to pick Kansas in this game. <laughs> this is a, The coastal Carolina is good. They're really good. They are. Um, You've talked about McCall. McCall is actually being looked at uh, in the NFL. So, I don't see a, any chance here. The point spread in this game is Coastal uh, uh, Kansas plus 25 and a half. Are you taking Kansas 25 and a half?
1: <laughs> uh, no. I, I think no? Coastal, oh. I, I, no, I, I'm not. I'm taking uh, Coastal to blow that out. I think Coastal wins wow. by at least uh,
0: 28. Wow. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Kansas with the points. I believe in Leipold. Don't, bro, okay. don't get don't get blown out to Coastal by four touchdowns. <laughs> Come on. Go, we'll
1: find out if Coastal on that scale of Texas and uh Louisiana. We'll see if they're closer to Texas or Louisiana because we talked uh, that's a goodness. big gap there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Come on, don't don't lose by four touchdowns. I'm gonna pick Kansas to cover at least. Uh the morning game, big noon kickoff that Fox likes to talk about because they like to make it seem like morning games actually are, are worth something. Uh Tulsa at Oklahoma State, who you got?
1: I think it's Oklahoma State, even if uh, – do we know how long Sanders is going to be out?
0: Uh, I should have only been that week. I, I, yeah, we so especially, I mean,
1: this week. even if Illingworth is uh, starting most of the game, I think Oklahoma State rebounds from the way that they played last week and uh, just take care of Tulsa in the way that they should have with Montana yeah. State. or
0: Tulsa's not – Tulsa's not with or without Spencer <clears throat> Sanders. So the spread here is only 13 and a half. Uh, do you think Oklahoma State covers?
1: Yes, I think that they, I think that they get the offense rolling, especially if Sanders is back in there.
0: I agree. We are we are on one accord here. All right, TCU after playing the Scrubs that is Duquesne has to play Cal, another Big Twelve Pac twelve showdown. Will TCU show the Pac twelve that they should have been invited?
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I think that TCU has just got a lot of strength that we haven't seen this season. We haven't been able to see because there just isn't tape, and they're going to use it on somebody like Cal. For sure, I think this is going to be TCU, and with no doubt in my mind.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know why Cal's only a, a ten point dog in this game. I think it's pretty, a pretty wild uh, spread there. TCU should win with the points. Um, Cal's not any good. They're not a good team. They've lost quite a bit. Um, I don't know if maybe they saw that that upset over Oregon to end the season last year and was like, ah, maybe Cal do it again. Uh, they just lost to Nevada. Uh, it's not a good Cal team. Uh, TCU with the points. All right. Uh, The afternoon game, big matchup, in-state, 18th-ranked Iowa at 7th-ranked Iowa State. Do the Cyclones win the home game?
1: This is my favorite game of the week. Um, I like the Cyhawk matchup. I think that that rivalry is nuts. I I talk a lot of trash about the Iowa State fans, uh, but when they get together, boy, that is a tornado of terrible... Uh, but I think that Iowa State, at home, I favor Iowa State, uh, but I spy a slim margin, though. I think that this game is close a lot of the times, and I think this is going to be another year where it's just going to be a Duke out and just low scoring. Iowa State maybe gets the field goal for the win um, as they kind of like gear up for a Big 12 football. Uh, this, is the, this is the game that wakes them up, right? This is the game where they have to lock it in.
0: I'll tell you this. Um we had Levi on, Levi from Right, and Adelaide on for our Iowa State preview pod. We talked about this game, and he actually convinced me that Iowa State is a little overrated. He did. I was like, you know what? you got a point. Petrus isn't that great, right? I, I was, you know, maybe not the team that we think they are. And then Iowa went out against a good Indiana team and beat the brakes off of them. If we're comparing last week, Iowa State don't look close to what Iowa looked like last week alone. Um, but this game is an Ames. Give That's me Iowa State winning by a field goal. So I don't think they're going to cover. The spread here is, is Iowa State uh, as a four-point favorite. Give me Iowa State by a game-winning field goal over their in-state rivals. Just to hold firm my prediction that Iowa State ends up going to the Big 12 championship game. But this is – look, I am not confident in this prediction. I would look good yeah. last week. Um, So – Brock Purdy is gonna have to step up in this game for them to win, for sure.
1: He is. This is the this is the game that sets the tone for the rest of the season, for sure. Oh,
0: definitely, without a doubt. All right. Um. Now, when it comes to teams playing trash teams, the next couple are that West Virginia after the L is finally gonna get a week off. They're gonna play Long Island University, which I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't. I have not seen this team. Are they a D two team? Is that what it is? I don't. I don't even know anything about them. Uh, What do you think about in this game where West Virginia is a – they don't even have a spread for this.
1: Right. Uh, And that's probably because in Long Island's first game, they played Florida International and lost 48-10. So they're like, "Ah, I'm not going to put – Triple digits up there. Um, <laughs> it's just going to be a West Virginia win. And no doubt, I think West Virginia is going to bounce back from the way that they played. They played Maryland close <clears throat> and they just lost it there at the end. I think that they'd lock it in this game for sure. And they're able to give a lot more of their depth uh, some play time to kind of feel things out.
0: So I was wrong. So at Long Island is in the NEC. They're in. That's the same. That's the same conference as Duquesne and Central Connecticut. So we know some of the teams in the conference. They've just never been good enough to be mentioned with any of them in any sport. That is. So um, if you are for some reason a Long Island alum, Long Island fan that hears me and is, feels disrespected, I'm sorry, but your team's not any good. Um, Duquesne lost 45 to three to TCU. Uh, I'm gonna probably predict about the same thing. West Virginia is going to beat the brakes off of the Sharks. Whatever the spread ends up being on Saturday morning, take West Virginia with the points. Um so, uh, speaking of teams playing trash teams, we have Oklahoma at home. Or Oklahoma a home game against Western Carolina. Who you got in this one?
1: Yeah, Oklahoma. This is just clinical for them. Another practice uh just with different colors.
0: <laughs> practice no no uh Tulane matchup. Nothing nothing's going to surprise you this time. Uh,
1: Nothing surprising about Western Carolina.
0: Well, I I can't really argue with that Yeah, Oklahoma (laughs) is going to be right back into it. I expect six touchdowns (laughs) from Spencer Sandler, something ridiculous. Uh, Kennedy Brooks is going to be running like crazy. We're going to see the backups in the third quarter. It'll be fun. A fun day in Norman. Uh, Next up, my dad's alma mater, Texas Southern, comes to Waco to play Baylor. Who you got in this one? (laughs)
1: You know, (laughs) I have Baylor, um, but I don't know by how much. And I'm scared to say. (laughs) I think this is, but I do think this is just another good game for Baylor to really kind of have. This is, this is. a safe game for Baylor to be tested in a lot of different ways, especially when it comes to uh, testing out play style, testing out scheme, testing out uh, the depth chart, uh, really honing in on, like, who are those guys, especially for Bohannon, to, like, get some more confidence, get another win, complete, this is a good opportunity for you <laughs> to, to, to complete passes, right, to get good passes in there, to feel your game out. Um, <clears throat> again, uh, just a really good opportunity for Baylor to get 2-0, and which is a uh, great, for the bears
0: uh so let me just tell you something about texas southern uh last year texas southern last year went one and two in their covid shortened season um and their one win was a forfeit from alcorn state they just played the they just played the labor day classic against prairie view and got smacked texas southern is not a good fcs team they're not good at all they're gonna go to waco and they're gonna get beat. Gary Bohannon is gonna look like Robert Griffin the third, um, and 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 Baylor is gonna, yeah, and Baylor is just gonna win like crazy. I mean, it's it's, it's just not a competition in this. They might as well be playing a D two school, and I say that out of love for my TSU Tigers. Um, but they, I know they're gonna be playing TSU by Drake all pregame just to get smacked like they are going to. Uh, sorry guys, it's gonna be rough. Wait till ba- basketball season may be different. She was really good at basketball, football, not at all. So, uh, next up, we have Southern Illinois at Kansas State. Should be another easy dub for the Wildcats, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the way that the way that Kansas State played Stanford, there's no doubt in my mind that they'll come out strong.
0: Straight like that. Uh, K State, yeah. I mean, they're there. This should be a pretty easy win. Another game against an FCS team. Um, a good. I will say this, Southern Illinois is not to scoff at They are a decent FCS team And I do think they're going to at least give a little bit of pushback uh, For Stanford's sake I hope they don't give more pushback than Stanford did but, <laughs> but K-State should win this one Pretty handily I would like to see the offense actually ball out I'd like to see Kyler Thompson actually play Like a, a true star um, So yes. we'll see, I do, think, I do think Southern Illinois Is good enough to give them a test But bad enough to make them look really good in it so, uh, I like that uh, yeah. So we'll see in that one so, a big game for, is it? Well, let me rephrase this before I continue this. Is this a big game for Texas? 21 ranked Texas at Arkansas. Um, this is going to be primetime ESPN, but I really don't know why. Arkansas want to know because they played Rice last week. Uh, well, let
1: me tell you about that Rice game. Let me tell you about that Rice game. Right. Too close. Too close for three quarters. All tied up. Three quarters in. Rice and Arkansas all tied up at 17. Um, for Arkansas fans, very frustrating. For Rice fans, extremely exciting, right? But then Arkansas comes out, they drink some of Michael's secret stuff, and in the fourth quarter, drop 21 points on Rice. So you're wondering, there's a lot of questions with this Arkansas team uh, from the top down. And this is for Arkansas. This is going to be a game that answers a lot of those questions. I don't think Texas has to worry about losing to Arkansas. But I think that they might be, and this is a a question for Sark, but like how in this game are you going to be? You were talking about how they with Tom Herman would play down a competition. So because Arkansas is not ranked, because they played Rice with Tom Herman, I would be more concerned for a Texas team to be at the risk of the upset. But with Sark showing us that doesn't matter who they're playing, they're going to come out strong and play. I don't think they have to fear the loss against Arkansas, but I'm curious to see how good Arkansas comes out against Texas, if that makes sense.
0: Well, this is a family episode. My Actually, my sister is an alum of Rice, and because she went to Rice for four years and she it over there, I got to watch quite a few Rice games. And though they have a new coaching staff, though they have new players, it's still Rice. They still suck. And so for Arkansas to be as close as they were to Rice, right, I should tell you that they're going to lose by a lot to Texas. Mm-hmm. Now I will say this first quarter actually might be close first quarter home. You know, you, you've got, it's going to be a, a rocking crowd there in, in, in Fayetteville. They, they always pack out the stadium to watch that abysmal football team for some weird reason. And they're going to be in it. They're going to have their horns down. They're going to be chanting sec. Welcome to the sec. this that. And the other, and it actually might even be like a seven, seven game at the end of the first quarter. Just for Jordan Whittington and Bijan Robinson and everybody on the Texas offense that then explode in the second and third quarters and it to be um, a half empty stadium by the end of it. Texas should win. The the I will say this though the spread is only six and a half.
1: Right. That then that's what my concern is. Why? What do
0: they know? <laughs> what, what do they, they know? know? <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah, I I don't get it. I don't see it um we're giving you free we're giving you free money here right we're giving you free money here take texas with the points um our friends gambling gauchos may tell you the same thing but uh it's uh, i i just i don't see it here texas should win this one pretty handily mm-hmm. all right and then on to the game of the week the real game of the week the game that everybody really cares about nobody cares about anything else right it is absolutely Stephen f austin the lumberjacks coming to lubbock texas to play texas tech in our home opener who you got in this game jeremy
1: Yes, sir. First night game, uh, in the Jones in a long time. Uh, I'm excited. I'm gonna probably be there. We'll see if that pans out. Um, it's gonna be Texas Tech, man. It's gonna be Texas Tech, and it's gonna be Texas Tech by at least three touchdowns.
0: Three? We just won the game by three scores. I mean, that, was, that, was, that was I said at that. least.
1: I well. Are we going to have Are we gonna uh, have Shuck uh, in there for the third quarter? No. I think Columbia's chouting out in the yeah. second half, and we'll see a lot of like the deeper parts of the depth chart, which is awesome, uh, and yeah. it's going to be a good opportunity for us to just kind of like cruise to a victory, rest our guys uh, for the games ahead.
0: I think we're going to see the full two deep in this game. Um, I don't think we're going to see an HBU situation. I think Texas Tech is going to go out <laughs> and, and beat SFA. SFA did, does have a win on their record. They did beat Tarleton State last week. Good for them. Congrats! Good for them. Congrats Good for them to get a win on there before they get they get uh, blasted. The next Molly wopped. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm I mean I know HBU and Kansas has have people on their heels a little bit about this, but I I, I agree with you. I expect to see our full reign. Who knows? We might even see Donovan Smith in this game. Hope if we see Donovan Smith in this game, that means we're really beating the brakes off of that. Oh yeah. SFA. So that's great. But I think we'll see the full two deep, and that's that's going to be exciting to see. It's
1: time to pad the stats.
0: For sure, for sure. Uh, anything else you want to say to the people? Um,
1: super excited for the game ahead. Some word on Sir Roderick Thompson is that he is good to go for contact, but Wells is going to play him as he feels healthy. Doesn't seem any reason to push him for this game nor the next. The big next big game on the schedule is Texas, and hopefully we're walking into that game three and zero. And we'll need a little bit more depth and a little bit of uh, zippity zap, which uh, uh, Sir Roderick gives us.
0: Little bit of zippity zap. That is the widest thing you've said on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I just got
1: to stick God. to the brand.
0: <laughs> uh, zippity zap. A uh, little dippity do day. Da. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: feel like Michael Scott getting
0: uh, punked.
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: Uh, I, yeah, I, I Sirajic, I don't think should play till Texas. I think that's a good call on that one. Um, which means, I mean, we're going to see Tradarius Towns and only got a, a, a little bit of run in that last game. I think we're going to see him a lot, of, a lot more as well. And so I'm excited for this game. Should be a good one. Pack the Jones. We've it's already. Let's get it trending by Friday. I know we tweeted it earlier uh, on Monday. So make sure to pack the Jones if you're in Lubbock. Go to the game, Jeremy. You're in Lubbock. Go to the game. Um, I'll be there. And it should be should be a good time. So for Jeremy, for Dylan, our producer extraordinaire. This is Alby. You've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, powered by Guns and powered by Guns Up Nation. As always, stay wreck people.